Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we have Heather Lee Strom, who has been involved with dogs from the time she was four, ending up as an adult, um, as a trainer, a breeder, and competing in three dog sports. I'm going to let her take it from there on how she came from there to knowing her canine guides um, and writing her, which is the name of her new book, and how she went from being so mental, call it mental, to being metaphysical. So, hey, thanks so much for being on the show. This is fascinating. Um, I don't have a dog. I had a couple cats, and I don't have a dog because I travel. But, oh, I miss yeah. having a pet. <laughs> I do yeah. miss having a pet. But thanks for being on the show, Heather Lee. So glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Barb. It's great. So tell me your story. Let's start there. How did how did it happen? You know, as I was reading, it yeah. was real kind of backwards. <laughs> it is absolutely yeah. backwards. So I'm in my 50s now. I've had dogs my whole life, and I always thought they were a hobby. Even though I was a professional dog trainer, I still felt guilty because I was also a licensed physical therapist, and I had given that life up to train dogs professionally. So I felt guilty about doing that because I'm like, this is really a hobby. I, I should be spending my time. enjoy it so much. <laughs> well, I, I should be using the training that I paid for, right? It's hard mm. to become a physical yeah. therapist. So, and it, it the, is. the work yeah. as a dog trainer is very hard. It's, it was 18 hour days and very little yeah. pay. And, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, you do it because logically you love it. didn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Logically <laughs> it didn't make sense. So yeah, I did eventually end up quitting the training uh, work and went back to doing physical therapy. And, and that's where I was when spirit activated me. So um, what, what caused me to quit dog training was that I lost my most valued, most special dog I have ever owned. She died very suddenly at only five years of age. And it, Oh my God. It, yeah. Yeah. What a shock. It, it was a total shock. And it broke me deep down inside. And I went into a cocoon. It's what I call it now, where I just went into this dark place. And it really wasn't dark, so to speak. It was just that I couldn't see myself. And so really cocoon is what describes it best because I was in a preparation mode is what I understand now. So for 11 years, I was lost. I continued to work. Wow. I was, That's I was a long depressed. time to be in that yeah. mode. Yeah. 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 I was de- depressed probably clinically, but I mean, I didn't identify mm-hmm. with that and no one that knew me from outside would ever say, Hey, she's depressed. You know, I just yeah. felt this heaviness. I felt lost. 
I couldn't understand what life was about. I thought I had been dropped from a spaceship and abandoned, (laughs) you know, it's basically how I describe it because I didn't feel any connection to God. I didn't feel any connection to myself. There were times when I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself. You know, I looked into my own eyes and I'm like, where am I? (laughs) I I couldn't see myself. That's frightening. Yeah, that's frightening. yeah, it was really lonely and frightening. And honestly, I didn't see the point in being here. I'm not saying I was oh. suicidal by any means, but I thought, what's the point? I don't understand. Um, the world is not a happy place. And I, I don't want to be here if this is what it's like. So I just suffered through it. And I still had hope. And then through um, when we had our big virus up outbreak and we were all grounded to our homes, we were in world lockdown, I received a sign, a message from the divine. And consciously, I didn't know what it meant. I just knew it was a something big. And I'm not going to say what it is because it's in the book and I want it to have the impact it's supposed to have when you read it, because you'll never guess what it is. But (laughs) when I, yeah, when I saw this, a, a wave of energy just washed over me and I knew it was time. I knew something big was coming and that it was time for me to get ready. So having no idea what specifically it was, I started to build a team, a support team. I had a clairvoyant um, shaman that was my primary mentor. And I had a numerologist I worked with. And I also had an astrologist. And I then added a um, regressive hypnotherapist. So with these people on my team, you know, they were all, even though none of them worked together, they were all telling me the same thing. You're about to go through a rebirth without ever being, without ever dying. You're going to be reincarnated without dying. Um, and you're going to become, become in contact with your, your um, principal gifts, something that mm-hmm. you've always had. You were just undercover and you didn't know yourself. So Did you they know were all that? Do- I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you know that no. before you talked to them? When, you know. When the message no, came I, through, did you I know? had always been highly intuitive mm-hmm. that, and I couldn't explain it. And when I found my dogs, you know, I had 30 personal dogs and these dogs all called to me before and told me to find them. And some of the dogs were in foreign countries overseas. I was going to say, was you want to explain that a little bit more? I did read that part. <laughs> Do you oh, want to explain exp- that a little bit more? Do you, do you want me to tell the story? Or you want me to explain how it feels? Um, no, tell the story <laughs> and then oh, explain okay. how it feels. Yeah. Okay. So I had this dream one night that I was at a dog show. It was an outdoor dog show. And I was just observing. I didn't have a dog there. And it was a national event because I recognized the handlers that were there. They were professional handlers. And I recognized their dogs they were competing with. And as I was watching, I looked out over this. It looked like a big, huge lake. Like it would have been like Lake Michigan or something, a really big body of water. And it was really beautiful. So I was just lost in this beauty. But as I was 
looking out over it, I noticed that I could see the other side of the bank way on the other side. And I noticed something over there moving. And then I realized that something was moving around the shore of the lake in my direction. And as this thing got closer and closer, I saw, oh my gosh, it, it's a wolf. It's coming around the lake in my direction, but there's only one wolf. There's no other wolves with it. And so I kind of got a little bit nervous and I, I looked back to the competitors on the field and I realized that I was alone. No one else was there. And so then I look back at this wolf and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This wolf is heading right for me. And as he got closer and closer, I realized it was a dog, not a wolf. And when I made eye contact with this dog, he deliberately came right up to me as if he was an obedience dog and came up to my, um, my legs and looked right up at me and, um, and just acted like he was happy to see me, like he knew me. So I was really puzzled. He was a Belgian Malinois, which was the breed of dog that most of these people were competing with. So I thought, well, maybe he got loose from one of the competitors. So I took him, I found the competitors at the hotel and I took him around to everybody. And I said, is this your dog? And nobody wanted to claim him. And somebody off in the distance, I don't, I didn't see who this person was, but I just heard this comment and it said, if no one claims him, he must be yours. He must be your dog. And I was shocked by this revelation. And when I heard it, even in my dream state, this energetic tingle just washed over me. And I instantly, and it's washing over me now, it, I instantly recognized that this was my dog. This dog had come a long way to find me. And then I woke up. Wow. <laughs> it was like, I realized it was a dream. And I didn't make, I didn't like make a lot of this dream at first. Uh, I just thought it was a dream. But what ended up happening gradually was that I got filled with this desire to buy another dog. <laughs> wow. And, it, and this is it after, wasn't just, was this after the 11 years of doldrums, basically? No, these, um, this was way before. This was about, okay. well, this was about six years before that started. Mm -hmm. So um, I started looking for a dog and, and what I decided I was looking for was that special dog that could take me to the national level of competition since I didn't have a dog at the time that could do that. So I began searching and I have never been out of the U United States. I've never been to Germany or Belgium or any place exotic on the other side of the pond. And um, so I was searching through the internet. I was also, um, some of the trainers I worked with here were from Germany and Belgium. So I was using them as a resource. And I eventually came across a man in Eastern Germany who did not have a computer. He did not speak English and he was selling a dog that fit the criteria I was looking for. And when I saw the videos that he sent me of this dog, I instantly recognized his energy. And I said, that's it. That's the dog. So how did by you using get to that German though? How, if he didn't have a computer or, you know, how did you well, get to him? I managed to connect with a a breeder in Belgium that knew actually who was the breeder of the dog. 
And mm-hmm. he knew that this guy was trying to sell this dog in Germany. So he actually put me in contact with him, Wow! but I didn't speak German and he doesn't speak English. So the, tr- one of the trainers I was working with as a coach at the time was from Germany. So he agreed to call him and speak with him, but he said his German being from East Germany was so different than his own German that it was even hard for him to understand him. Wow. I didn't realize and, that um, Germany was split like that. Yeah, I didn't I don't know anything about Germany, but um but so that helped me to navigate the sale and I imported him and probably within a month of that dream I had my dog here in the United States. But what I didn't add to the book which is something that's really funny, the dog's name uh, is spelled N A W T Y. His name is Naughty. It's a way of spelling naughty, right? Well, when he got here, I was calling him naughty and he acted like he, he wouldn't respond. He's like, I don't know who you're talking to. That's not my name, naughty. So I had my translator call the owner back. I said, what's up? He doesn't know his name. Well, the guy in Germany says, well, that's not how you pronounce it. It's nofty. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) So then I start calling him nofty and he's like, yep, yeah, I'm right here. You know, (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you're not saying my name right. I'm not going to talk to you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That that dog is actually not the attitude right there. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He um, that dog is not actually one of the dogs in the book, but he Uh serves as a maestro. He is a communicator for the guides. So he's the one. And you can tell by his attitude that he, you know, (laughs) he kind of knows what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. he's the one that makes sure that I receive their messages and that they all get my attention when it's necessary for me to have a discussion with them. And they, he makes sure that they wait their turn (laughs) because otherwise they all come flooding in. Um, so he's the one kind of behind the scenes coordinating everything. And I didn't, um, I didn't actually understand this or, or meet him in that space until after I wrote the book. So then I kind of felt like, well, I need to put him in the book. You know, I need to honor him somehow. And that's when I decided to put him in the prologue Mm -hmm. because it kind of sort of introduces him. His story will be told in the second book, but that's his introduction is in the prologue of the first book. Have you written the second book yet? No, I've just been, they're giving me um, tidbits of it. I'm being told there will be eight dogs or eight spirit guides in the second book. I don't know how many dogs. Um, and that will be the essential eight. The, f- the first book are the core four. And so there's four guides, but there's 10 dogs that um, are the guides utilize out of my life that are in that first book. So, yeah. Now, how did you get from um, physical dogs to, to uh, spirit guides, dogs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was when, um, they instructed me to write my book. So during that awakening process, I was instructed to write a book. So after COVID lockdown, about a year after that, I'm hearing you need to write your book. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What book? I'm not an author. You know, what's this book supposed to be about? I didn't even know. And and they came to me in a dream and gave me the title of the book, Canine Spirit Guides. And that story is in the book too. But that's how I knew I was writing about dogs. But I I didn't, I still didn't have any idea 
about the canine guides at that point. I still was just writing a book about my dogs. So as I wrote the stories, I also was meditating and I was trying to get more connection with myself. And as I did that, what I didn't realize was that the canine guides were communicating with me and they were working with me. And they, my mentor was really helping me with this because I couldn't see it at all. But as, mm -hmm. as I was meditating, they were healing me. And each time they healed me, I could hear them more. And finally, towards the end of the process, I was seeing them and I was downloading entire chapters of the book instead of one or two words, you know? So as they healed me from, oh my gosh, so much pain. And, and a lot of this is in the book, but as they healed me, I um, elevated my frequency and I was able to connect with them more and more. And that's kind of the point. I mean, a lot of us want to be spiritual. A lot of us want to be clairvoyant, but for, based on my experience and what I've learned, we can't do this until we heal. So that's kind of their point is that humanity needs to heal now in order for all of us to elevate our frequency into a whole new level. And so that's why they're coming through now is they have what they call advanced technology for healing. And they're here to help us do that. So the meditation that you were doing, because, you know, everybody's going to sit down and try and do meditation and say, well, where is he? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. right. <laughs> so what kind of meditation were you doing? And how did they come through? Where you didn't call them because you didn't know them, right? Uh, right. So how did that happen? And they're not, they were never your physical dogs. Well, the canine spirit guides come through our physical dogs, but they are not part of the actual dog. So they are not dog spirits, but they are the collective energy of canines, if that makes sense. You think, does that make sense to you? Explain that, explain that a little bit more fully, if you don't so, mind. So, yeah. So we have our own soul, right? Our own spirit. And dogs, which I always wondered about this, but now I know for sure, dogs have their own soul and their own spirit that belongs to them. They are entities. They are energetic beings. And um, a lot of animal communicators, that's what they're connecting with is the dog's soul. They're getting answers from that specific dog. Well, I don't I haven't been able to do that so far. They They don't want me to spend time there because there's already a lot of people doing that. So what I connect with is the cosmic version or the intergalactic version of the dog that comes from another dimension, much more higher frequency than what we have here. And because of that, and because it's a collective and not a single entity, they're bringing in a tremendous amount of healing power. So they refer to themselves as canine spirit guides, but they only say that because they prefer to connect with us through our canines simply because of how open-hearted we are to the canine as humans. You know, we yeah. give our heart to our dogs and that's a we huge do, yeah. opening. So it's because we already are 
our, feel that way about our dogs. They figured that's the easiest way to come into humanity. It also allows people who would not um, normally be attracted to any type of spiritual healing. They might be more open to it if it has something to do with their dog. So they're really reaching here to try and encapsulate more and more of humanity from people who may not otherwise be interested. Do you, when you meditate, do you, is it visual or is it auditory or is it a feeling or is it it's all everything? Of it? <laughs> it's all of it. And, and I never know which way it's going to be. So I'm completely open to everything I'm feeling, something I might see or something I might hear. When I meditate, I put up a recorder and I just mm -hmm. talk. So whatever thought comes through, I put in the recorder, whatever I see, I describe into the recorder. Um, and what I feel I'm also describing, because a lot of times I'm transcending dimensions within a meditation and it doesn't make sense at the time because when you're channeling information, you're not actually listening to what's happening, right? It, you yeah. just have to speak it out. And later you go, oh, wow, <laughs> that really happened? It's almost <laughs> like you step aside and, and they speak through you. They use your body in a way. Yeah. 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 But I'm not, I'm not like, it's not a form of possession in any way. Like it's still me. No, it's still I my voice. Yeah. 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 It's like I don't go into in a, a trance. Yeah. I don't go mm -hmm. into a trance, you know, years ago I, I had exposure to trance channelers and that scared me. I didn't want any part of that. I thought if I, if that's the way I want to have to do it, I don't want to do it. It's too scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> But nowadays, you know, the frequency, humanity has escalated their, um, their spirituality. So I think now that's not even necessary. Before, we couldn't hold that kind of energy. We weren't evolved mm -hmm. enough. And now, since we can hold the energy better, they don't have to speak to us that way. They, they can just speak through us, and we can deliver the message. So it's changed a lot over the decades. You know, there has been a quickening of, of change in, in all of us, of, uh, you know, and you can see the upset that's coming from me in the world, I think. But um, yeah. so um, spirit is so, I don't want to call it generic because it's not in a way, but it kind of is. You know, when you go it's up all a couple one. of levels, it's... You know, I say to people, it that whole thing of you're a drop in the ocean, that was wrong. You're a drop and the ocean. So that whole yeah. part of the ocean, you know, and spirit yeah. is spirit all the way up. So what makes mm -hmm. a canine spirit different from, I again, I don't want to call it generic spirit, but almost like a, and I can't call it human spirit. You know what I mean, though. The, the overall spirit, what makes a canine spirit different? Or is it just because they're working through your, your dog? Well, they're and a little can bit they work different. through a cat? <laughs> yeah. I'm getting that question a lot. Um, yeah. They, I'm For sure they do. Most had cats, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, more of the animal kingdom will be coming through, I'm told. Um, they're just mm -hmm. starting with the canine right now. But um, all all spiritual energy goes back to source. I mean, all of, all of it is the same. Yeah. Um, now, you know, on, on the way down, you know, so to speak in the split, um, it all resonates differently in a different place, a different vibration, 
a different um, texture, you know, um, intergalactically in the multiverse, we have all found our position on a planet or in a reality, um, whether we're a humanoid or an animaloid or, you know, whatever it is we've decided to be or whether we're human on earth, that's, that's a diff totally different too. Um, so they're coming from another dimension where it does all go back to source. All of us go back to source, but it's because it's coming from another dimension and they resonate in the animal kingdom. It's a different frequency and texture than say another spirit guide that you might be working with or your own personal spirit guides. My personal spirit guides, none of them are on this earth plane. Whereas some people have spirit guides that are an individual um, spirit guide. I, all of my spirit guides are, are from a collective. I don't have any individual spirit guides, but some people will have ascended masters or they'll have family members that act as their spirit guides um, that resonate with at a certain frequency. So it's a, it's a matter of a variety of frequency as far as what I can see. Some frequencies are higher and mm -hmm. carry much more signature and much more energy with them than other um, entities. And it just depends on what you're capable of holding as far as what you can experience. So some of that us changed. don't have any. Yeah, it does change. So yeah. that change and, for you from the time you started until let's say now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've had um, my spirit guys have flipped over two or three times in the last year. So wow. each time I elevate to another level, I get a new set of spirit guides. And that's separate from the canine guides. They're not my personal spirit guides. Um, but yes, it, it does change because as you spiritually grow and as you become more grounded and centered within your own soul energy, you're able to hold more energy. So then you're capable of holding more spirit guides or even more powerful spirit guides. So that mm -hmm. does change as you grow. Um, you ever explode with it? Get too high? I mean, yes. When I first, of... <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. When I first started doing this and just kind of getting connected with my own soul, it was like, I was on speed all the time. It's, it's like, mm -hmm. it's like holding a fire hose and not being able to control it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it was good energy. It was all peace and joy and happiness, but I was like so high on it that I couldn't focus. I couldn't function, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. I had to learn how to, how to live with it and control it and structure it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and now are you pretty comfortable or do you yes, regulate now, and say, I'm not ready? Wait a minute. I'm not ready. Let's back it up. You're never going to hear me say that <laughs> because <laughs> hey. I've waited my whole life for this moment. I have never told them no. Um, I find a way to deal with it. Um, but yes, I, um, and I can't remember what you just asked me cause it just flew out my head. Um, um, Regulating Do you ever you tell said? them too high, too fast and back, and, uh, you know, hold back or back up or, you know, calm it down yeah. a bit, slow your roll kind of thing? <laughs> I've Now I know, I recognize when I'm getting a lot of energy and I know how to ground myself in it and rise mm -hmm. above it and, um, and, 
I get, I've gotten really good at it. So I'll just recognize what's happening and I'll learn to funnel it through me instead of letting it um, just kind of explode within me. So, so when you have that feeling of explosion, you you just got so much energy, you don't know what to do with it. So now I've learned how to make it flow through me and I'll either Mm -hmm. turn it into, I'll give it into mother Gaia or I'll share it with anybody who's around me and I'll just be the conduit and share that energy. So it's really fun when I'm driving a car, you know, I start just sharing energy. (laughs) (laughs) And, and do they explode? (laughs) You know, is it too much for the people around you? No, it's amazing because I noticed that all the cars slow down. They stop driving so fast. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Now um, you have, you have, you're, these spirit guides we're talking about that you've changed over, they're not the canine spirit guides. They're your no. own personal spirits. Oh, yes. Spirit guides. Yes. That, yeah. I was referring to my own personal spirit guides. Now, the canine spirit guides do change over in the sense that only the ones you require will work with you at that moment, regardless of who you want to work with. So oh, okay. as you need them, they will circle, cycle through. So mm-hmm. you won't have one your entire life. They're going to come in and go, which is illustrated in my book. They came and went as I needed them at that moment through certain dogs in my life. Have you had your dogs visit you? The ones that have passed on? How Can you see them? Have you seen them? Um, I, and then we'll like go I back to that. They're not your canine yeah. uh, spirit guides, right? That's different. Yeah. Well, no, they're not the canine spirit guides I refer to in the book, but your own personal dogs can come and visit you. Um, And, and your, the, our personal dogs are part of our soul family. So Hmm. they're always going to be around us and with us in one form or another. Um, So you're going to see them again, which makes losing them so much easier if you understand that. Yeah, because it's just the limitation of their physical body, and sometimes there's a reason. I, I demonstrate in my book reasons why some of them had to die very suddenly. It was a trigger for a new event in my life that had to happen instantly, so they had to step out very quickly to get all of mm-hmm. those pieces to move together at the right time. And then, actually, what you will see is that those dogs came back a very short while later to continue the journey with me, but their death had to trigger me to take action, to move me in the right direction. So when you understand how all that works, and then you start to get a message, my dog is about to die, you don't get devastated about it, because you tend to understand what's happening. And so that takes a lot of the grief away, because you're in total acceptance of the process, then you can kind of see. Yeah, can you Um, then see him on the other side as well? Because that takes a lot of the grief away too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Where they're not in know, physical um, form, but you're in contact spiritually. I have seen them on occasion. Um, I guess I don't search for it as much as other people do because I'm I'm so busy right now with the canine guides that I don't really need to feel like I need to see them there. I need to know they're there because I just know they're there. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times some of the messages I get will come specifically from a dog, one of those dogs. Whereas sometimes the message is from the, the collective, the canine guide collective. So it just varies. And, and the stories in the book will demonstrate that because some of the messages are from that, that dog in that chapter. And some of them are from the collective. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one that died at 
at five years old, your best dog. Has yeah. that dog come back or have you, you know, seen him both spiritually or has he reincarnated back to you? She hasn't reincarnated back. I don't know if she will. That was the third time I had her. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not currently in, in need of the guide that she carries. So I might mm -hmm. not see her again on the physical plane. And that's okay. I mean, I have a dog now that's serving my um, spiritual needs through a different guide. And when that mm -hmm. job is done, that dog will leave. And I just accept that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I want to take a break right now. And when we okay. come back, I want to talk more about the canine spirit guides and the different ones. So we'll be right okay. back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit AViewThroughTheVeil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one -one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit AViewThroughTheVeil.com. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to a view through the veil at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hi, this is Barb Crowley, and we're back with Heather Lee Strom, who has just finished writing her book, and it's out now, right? Canine Spirit Guides. I believe yes, it's yes. available right now, which is great. Yes. Um, and we're coming back for her to tell us about the core four of her spirit guides. So, and I can't pronounce any of them, so I'm leaving them all to her. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thanks. So the core four is um, what the first book is about. And that's what they call themselves, the core four. And they chose 10 of my dogs that they tried to connect with me through um, throughout my life from four years old until present. And they call themselves the core four because... These entities, this specific, these specific four like to get down to uh, the core meaning or the core emotion or the core experience that needs to be released or healed. And they tend to do more serious and deep work, which most people don't enjoy doing. It um, can be scary, can be uncomfortable. But the core four have advanced technology that makes it very easy. And it's also essential that we do this core work before we're ready to move into higher 
frequency, higher realms, before we're really able to truly be the spiritual beings that we're seeking. So it's critical that we get this work done first. And that's why they are in the first book. And so the core four are, um, they have their own names. And the first one is Anthea. She is all about connecting us with our true divine joy and self-love. So her messages and her tools are all in alignment with connecting us completely with our divine love and joy. Now, the second guide is Oscar, and he's a masculine guide. A question, though, real quick. How did they present themselves to you? You know, did they come one at a time? And then you yes. did the work with that one? Yes. Very good question. One. Very good question. They refused to let me see them them out of order. Um, so I had to work with the first guide first, Anthea. And as she showed me those parts of myself where I wasn't loving myself and they could be beliefs that I had based on past experience, based on past lives, what I had been trained to think about myself that I'm not loved. I'm not worthy. Um, I have no value. I'm being constantly persecuted in life. These were the things that she showed me. And a lot, and all this is in my book of how she highlighted it for me through my experiences and that she was attempting to connect me with those parts of myself. So she could help me heal that while she was here. I was oblivious to it at the time, but now that I was writing the book, that was her opportunity to take me through that healing. And that's how I know about their healing technology, because before I was allowed to work with the next guide, I had to heal that part of myself. How did they heal just in your recognition of that part of you and the reality of what that part was? Or, you know, how... We'll play the martyr, let's say, but we're completely unaware we're playing the martyr. <laughs> yeah. So just the recognition that, oh, we have this part that we're playing the martyr, and then the reality that we're playing the martyr. Did Is that just the recognition? Is that what healed? Or was there no. something else? Oh, good. No, what? it's <laughs> much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Much deeper. So she will tell us, what it is, she'll specifically tell us, she calls them tags. She'll tell us what tags need to be healed. And until those tags are healed, they keep attracting these experiences to us. They keep attracting proof that we don't deserve to be loved. So that has to be, it has to be healed in order for us to overcome it. So she'll tell us what needs to be done, show it to us, and then instantly go into a healing ceremony. And she will literally show us where it is and how to heal it. And she'll do it right then and there. And I'll describe to my client exactly what I see happening, what area of the body she's working with. It's usually the heart with Anthea. And, um, sometimes she'll work with crystals and I'll see what she's working with. Sometimes these guides like to use the ancient geometry symbols that I don't even understand. And so then I have to draw a picture and do some research. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
uh, I can see what they're doing and they'll explain to me while they're working with my client what's happening, why it's important. And I'm immersed in my client's energy field so I can feel what's going on in their body and describe to them. Now you might feel a little tingle here or you might feel a fullness there. And as they clear and um, heal this energy, you're going to feel a shift in your body. And they're always um, conscientious of filling this space back up because you don't want to take space. You don't want to take energy out and not replace it because then it's just going to come back. So Mm -hmm. as they remove this energy, then they're always sure to make sure and bring more of your soul energy back to fill that space in so that there's no home for the unwanted energy to come back. Um, But it's a very deep healing session. It's, it's, I suppose you could compare it to Reiki or any type of other psychic surgery, maybe. And mm-hmm. because you're going to feel it, you're going to be really tired afterwards as your body tries to adjust to all the energy yeah. that was shifted around. Um, it's very deep. For me, it was a lot of energetic movement going on. So I was shaking and trembling. And there, there was tears coming down my face, even though I wasn't crying. There's just a lot of release happening. And yeah. um, sometimes there's even like sounds coming out of my mouth that I didn't even recognize. Um, I could see lights and I could feel things around me during this process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all my guides around me. And sometimes they even just took me out of this plane and took me to a different place. And I was amongst um, a team of specialists that were addressing me at that moment. So it it's all different for everybody. And it depends on your comfort level as far as what they will share with you. They don't want to scare anybody and they want to work within your comfort zone. So yeah. they will only do what you're comfortable with. And they know this inherently. So they, they're protective of your comfort. Um, and so I am just told what to share with you and what to expect. And even if you can't see things, because a lot of my clients have never meditated, they've never done anything energetically. Um, even if you've never had these experiences, my clients are actually seeing things. They'll see the guides. They'll feel their uh-huh. body change. They'll feel the movement of the energy. And these are people who've tried to meditate and they give up because they're like, this is BS. I can't feel anything. Yeah, I can't yeah. see anything. And they're still Nothing's having these happening. experiences. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then once you, and Thea, when she was done, or did you know she was done or did she tell you and introduce you to the next level or how did that happen? And who's the next level? Well, um, I guess I never got a definitive that she was absolutely done with me. I just knew that I was dealing with an, another guide. So the, the new guide would come in and introduce themselves to me. And then I would just start working with that guide on occasion. Would I would Anthea say, well, what about go away? Did she go away? Did, or did she stay? She, well, she was in the background. Oh, you don't know. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's they're always all of them are always around me. Um yeah. but they're okay. I don't need necessarily all of them to work on me at the same time. That's pretty overwhelming. But that's um, what I'm you, thinking. An explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people have a hard time just holding the energy of one of these guides, but 
the book is written in an ascending order based on their energetic level and frequency. So the book starts you at the base level so you can get used to that frequency. And then it mm-hmm. will move up to the second guide, which is a little bit higher frequency. The third guide is a huge jump. Um, so mm-hmm. some people don't even get past the half part of the book. So they get to the, the halfway part of the book and they can't go further because they're not ready for the next energy shift. Mm-hmm. So, and, the and second when they are ready, is, yeah, uh, the, the second, second part, guide, yeah, yeah, that's Oscar. He's a masculine mm-hmm. guide, and he's all he works primarily with the throat, with our voice and our courage and our confidence. And he kind of reminds me of Asland. I think that's his name, and the the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. You know that lion. Remember in that 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 show? <laughs> oh, you don't know that show? The Lion, no. the, Wit- the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> I don't oh, think I do a... know that, Joe. I've been, oh, de- yeah, I've been deprived. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a book. It's a book series. Yeah. Way back when, the seventies, I guess. Um, wow. But it's a series of books. Um, yeah, but look at that because to go back um, and take a look. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminds me of the Lion and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He's very protective and he's very kind very powerful, all knowing. And, um, for the most of my life, he walked alongside me, just guarding over me because I couldn't speak for myself. I couldn't defend myself. I, um, I learned to not share myself because it wasn't safe to share myself. So that's what he had to heal within me. And he had, um, I had to get my voice back or else I would never be able to do this. Right. I would never be able to stand in front of the world and deliver the message. So there was a lot of deep healing that I had to do with him. And the first time I saw him, I, I saw him come through as one dog. I could see that dog in front of me and he was giving me a message, but all I could see was this, his mouth moving and no sound coming out. So I was like, turn it up. I can't hear. And he would never turn up the volume. And that's when I realized, Oh, it's about my voice. Mm -hmm. I need to heal my voice. It was a mirror of you. Yeah. So I can hear him. And that's when he started working with me. That's when the energy started shifting. That's when all the releases started coming out. When I just said, okay, do what you need to do. And, and he started energetically healing me. And then when he did, I could hear him. I could hear him plain as day. So each time I went tell you, Oh, he was telling me all about um, how he had been with me with my dog. I had in my teens that um, I had an abusive father and um, he had stood beside me the whole time and guarded me over guarded over me with my father and um, he had held my voice and my courage for me since I couldn't do it. He held that energy mm-hmm. for me until I was ready to take it back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he was a prime character and presence in my my childhood years for sure. And that's a good story, too, because that's a dog that would not go away. We kept trying to sell him and he kept coming back. <laughs> 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 that is funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and and so, that in your book is a lot of people get to the second level and can't get beyond that level. Yeah. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, they just they can't well, take their power. It's well, yeah, it's the energy of the book. They're not ready for it. 
So mm -hmm. if, if you're reading the book, you're like, yeah, this is kind of interesting, but you're not really, like, really into it, then you're going to lose interest because after the first half of the book, it gets really intense. Mm -hmm. The energy really revs up starting in section three. So, and a lot of people will struggle with the subject of the book because some people who read the book, pick it up thinking it's a book about dogs mm -hmm. and it's so much more than that. So if they're not spiritually inclined people, they're going to struggle with it. It's going to be wow. so abstract to them and so foreign that they're, they're going to, it's going to churn them. And they're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know if I can read this. A lot of my family is like that. They kind of force mm -hmm. their way through it because they're choking on it. You know, it's not something yeah. that they yeah. can ingest. So a lot of people will just put it down because it's too much. It's way mm -hmm. too much for them and they can't get past it. Yeah. That's and what I'm seeing. It's a painful parting. You talk about a painful parting. Yes. And, Many of the stories are painful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, you know, you, uh, these are about 10 of my dogs and only one of the dogs in the book is still alive. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the death of nine dogs in the book. Right. Some of them mm -hmm. are more detailed than others, but mm -hmm. the ones that are detailed, the details are very important. The yeah. details yeah. contain incredible healing properties. So I had to include them in the stories. Mm -hmm. So sometimes then, people are not okay with that. Yeah. Um, but you made it through um, Oscar and Oscar. you went mm -hmm. to, yeah. And I'm going to ask you for this name because I know I've yeah. butchered it before. <laughs> yeah. Her her name is Oregon and it's kind mm -hmm. of, it's, it's kind of spelled like Oregon, the state, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> That's and where so I wanted I heard, to go. And that's why I didn't yeah. want to say it. <laughs> yeah. When I yeah. heard her name, it really, it came out. I didn't hear it. I just, I just put it on the paper as mm -hmm. Oregon. And I'm like, well, that I kind of made fun of it. I said, that's kind of an ordinary yeah. name for a spirit, isn't it? And she kind of laughed at me and she has a very distinctive voice. It's like a, it's like a, I, I think of it like a princess Diana voice, very elegant mm -hmm. and weighted and, and she just, she just kind of shook her head at me and she says, well, you're butchering my name. <laughs> That's why you think it's ordinary. And she kind of yeah. corrected my spelling and then she helped me pronounce it. And she said, in my language, it means origin. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 And so do she's people a very special hear, um, when they sit down with your guides, do they hear them the way you hear them or do they hear them? differently, different I, voice. I've never had anybody else hear them. And they've told me from the beginning that they'll only talk to me because I've always been their okay. guardian in all of my lives and all of my incarnations. So uh, right now they won't talk to anybody else. They never would talk to my mentor at all, even though he has mm -hmm. access to them. They wouldn't talk Good to, to him. know that they would, people will be thinking yeah. they're not talking to me. <laughs> yeah. 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 He would. So he tell could, me about Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, he would, they would validate questions I mm -hmm. had for him about them, but they wouldn't share their message with him. Mm. So tell me about, and I'm calling them Oregon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oregon, Oregon is a very, and this she's is why very, I leave it to you. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah. it took me a while too. She's very mm -hmm. powerful. She is a, f a very um, distinctive feminine energy. 
And what she does is she identifies masks that we wear um, over our Mm -hmm. face, also some shielding that we carry around, or you could also think of it as a veil. Um, It's ways that we hide from ourselves or we hide from the world and we we portray a part of ourselves that isn't real. And we actually believe that that part is real and it's not. So she helps Mm -hmm. to remove these masks. And in so doing, we're more able to connect to our actual soul, which I had never met my soul before I did work with Oregon. And it was incredible. I thought it was God that I was in the presence of. And they told me, this is you. And then I thought, well, if this is me, what's God like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it was incredible. So, um, so most people have never met their own soul and that's pivotal for us to understand because the more we can access more of our soul, the more we can make this planet a heavenly place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, okay. The next one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the next Karen? one is a tough one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> his, his full name is Daman Yadalan Eric. So he has three names and I mm-hmm. had to get help with his name because it mm-hmm. was pretty hard to put all those pieces together. Um, he is a much different entity than the first three. And he, his um, job title is the, in the, um, oh, what is it? Um, he helps us integrate our interdimensional self. So mm-hmm. he's all about guarding us through our intergalactic travels and escorting us to make sure we get where we need to go, introducing us to our intergalactic self and, mm-hmm. um, allowing us to see that part of ourselves, perhaps that we have other lives that need to be intertwined with this one or how those lives are impacting this one, or maybe Mm -hmm. even what we came here to do. What's our mission? You know, that very deep work. And we only have like a minute or two left. And I have to ask, how did this change your life and everybody around you? That's a big question for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry about you that. Set me up for that one. <laughs> well, I'm no longer treating the physical body. I'm now doing all energetic work with these canine spirit mm-hmm. guides, and it's all virtual, so I can tr- work with anybody in the world. And mm-hmm. I do private lesson or sessions, private healing. I also do group healing, and I also have my own podcast where. Um, I channel in messages, healing messages from the canine guides. And then we do a healing session around that with the group. Um, and there's Where a couple can of people get hold of you though. Well, you yeah. know, uh, um, your website and all. Yeah. My website is heatherleestrom.com. H-E-A-T-H-E-R-L-E-I-G-H-S-T-R-O-M.com. And mm-hmm. my YouTube channel is on there. And that's where I do my podcasts. And you can also find all of my events and also sign up for your own personal healing from there as well. And the name of your podcast is? The name is Canine Spirit. It's it's Howling at the Moon with the Canine Guides is what it's mm-hmm. called. Yeah. And it's on my YouTube channel. And your book is available right now pretty much everywhere. Yes. People yes. buy their books. And yeah, in print, you can get ebook. You can also get audio. You can get an audible. So it's available everywhere. 
And you have another book, and I'm going to do this in 30 seconds. You have another book that you're working on right now where they are actually expanding the number of guides they'll be working with. Yeah. You, you there's, talk about the core four, but they're going up to eight or nine, I believe. Yeah, there, there's a total of over 50 guides, I'm told. And so the next book wow. will be the essential eight. And the essential mm-hmm. eight, they they let me know, will be a little bit more magical and mystical and not so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so if people can get through this, then they can go on to the light stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'll be a little, well, little bit of a light reward for you after that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's great. Hey, thank you so much for being on. I wish we had more time because there's so much more. If there's yeah. one thing that you think they want to give to the world, what would that one thing be? Well, the biggest message they have is that healing is not hard. It's not a process. It doesn't take forever and you don't even need to understand it. Mm-hmm. It is meant to be instant. Wow. Wow. And they're waiting for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that right? And they're, and they're waiting, waiting to do it for you. Yeah. They're waiting yeah, to just take yeah. it all from you. Great. Thank you so much for being on the show. I've loved it. It's been fabulous, and I can hear the dog in the background just helping us along. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thanks so much, Heather. Heather Lee Strom. Heather Lee. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Barb. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics: A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.